Danny Danko come to show you how it goes. You're now tuned in to Free Weed from Danny Danko on High Times Radio, presented by High Times Magazine. Boom, bang! All right, welcome to episode number 100. 100 episodes of High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong and my co-host Mike. Yes, 100 episodes of this show. That's, That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome, though. It's something. We made it. Yeah. We did take a little break there. <laughs> a couple years. You know, when we first started this podcast in 1987, um, <laughs> I never thought that we would get to 100 episodes of it, but here we are. It was actually 2011, and it was August of 2011, so here we are uh, seven years later. Starting with last week's guest, uh, Kyle Cushman, right? He That's was right. The first. He was the first guest mm-hmm. on our first episode. It's kind of fun to go back and listen to that first episode and uh, hear how, how, how young and, and <laughs> eager and... Uh, Naive. <laughs> naive. <laughs> naive we were <laughs> about the reality of uh, of uh, podcasting in, in, in this in this world. Like life in general. <laughs> yeah. Like right. it, it is funny because I'm getting letters from listeners who are saying, yeah, I, I just I found the show and I started uh, from episode one and I'm just embarrassed to, to know that people are listening to those old episodes. But <laughs> no, I there's think some it's fun. There's some good stuff in there. There's definitely some good stuff there. We, there's also some bad stuff in there. There might be a little bit. But uh, hopefully there's something in every episode that people can learn about growing uh, personally, growing their own, growing for others, growing uh, as people, as people (laughs) cultivating themselves. And yeah, it's funny because we we started like we have like, uh, okay mics now, but we we started with like the the drive through McDonald's window, like um, (laughs) headset things back in the day. Do you remember that? I do. I think we had duct tape and gum. And and we like literally borrowed them from like the old receptionist uh, throwaway (laughs) stuff. And we're like, we could probably use these. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was. And here we are still and here using, we are. still using the same equipment. And we have like a <laughs> our budget has literally tripled, so it's thirty dollars now. Yeah. But we are a uh, hundred episodes in now and that's pretty <laughs> awesome. And and just thinking back at some of the guests that we've had, I mean Doctor Lester Grinspoon, uh Tommy Chong, uh Jorge Cervantes, uh, you know, Currency, uh, the the hip hop artist, and and C Money from Slightly Stupid, David Grisman, um, Bob yeah. Weir, Bob Weir, yeah, mm-hmm. and, we, and and you know, people from the cannabis world, people from you know the entertainment world, uh, music, art, you know, pretty much every kind of aspect uh, has been touched on. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it, it's it's great. <laughs> it's our legacy. It's what oh, it's what good. we leave behind, Mike. Great, great. <laughs> now, I mean, honestly, like the one thing—not that we want to get too like uh, sentimental here and reflective, because that's weird—but I, I think the one thing that both Dan and I are really happy about is just the fact that we've had um, listeners all, all this time, and yeah. we've been able to, you know, positively uh, affect some people's lives. So that's that's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and like the feedback that we get from you guys is incredible. The emails, the um, the phone calls. The uh, tweets and, and comments and, and stuff—it's really, it is really awesome. It, it's it's awesome to hear the, the kind words from you guys and the fact that um, anyone's been inspired to to grow their own. Because, like I said, I you know I say I harp on this over and over, but everyone's worried about um, corporate cannabis. Uh, and the truth is, if you grow your own, you really are 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 free from having to worry about that. I mean, that stuff's going to happen, but we we remain outside of it. 
um, if we just you know keep the connoisseur you know aficionado thing going and and there's nothing like creating your own you know cannabis it, it, it's amazing and that's going to be alive no matter you know how things shake out in the future and it's cool to be a part of that yeah and you know pot is unique in that you can do that that's right know? so um, you know you can't grow your own blood pressure uh, medication but you can grow <laughs> pot and uh, mm-hmm. they can't take that away from you and they've tried so. <laughs> big time big yeah. time but so uh, yeah we, we digress we should probably just get into it here yeah 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 but happy absolutely. 100 yeah thank you thank you thanks to again of course dj jacques and uh windstrong because the tune you know people love that song everywhere i go now uh you know people are like free weed and you know i i hear them singing the song and and i think you know it has a lot to do with uh you know the uh some of our success as far as you know remaining in people's minds and hearts it's a bit of an earworm yeah and (laughs) and interestingly this the the one that you you heard at the top of this show is actually the third one that was created we had the original song and then we commissioned a free hash song for two episodes of uh, free hash (laughs) that we did Mm -hmm. and now we got the updated song for when we uh, relaunched the podcast just a couple of weeks back so that's right and we will bring back uh free hash episodes too because i know people love that so we will definitely be doing free hash episodes as well yeah Um, you know what actually we have a our september issue of high times which is going to hit newsstands in a couple of weeks is a concentrate special so maybe we'll do a little free hash around that and uh, talk a little bit about that nice nice yeah i love my concentrates uh in all different forms and fashions um which you know definitely uh is a major part of where cannabis is going these days as well i mean um amazing things happening you know since we started this show uh in 2011 you know just the the tremendous amount of of changes in how how concentrates are made and also how they're consumed yeah you would see the old like swings you know what i'm talking about where (laughs) you heat up the little uh, we the first cup in 2010 i I mentioned this recently we judged uh you know some of the the we judged the concentrates on charcoal briquettes that we used like glass tubes to smoke you know the concentrates from uh you know that's what it's we were incredible using to think that was only a few and, years ago and right. how much it's changed. <laughs> like now you have the Puffco Peak where it's like it does it all in this one unit. You don't even mm-hmm. need a torch. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and the quality of the concentrates too, the flavor, the, the, the um, you know, terpene uh, preservation that p- people are doing with solventless and with solvents is, is just fantastic. Uh, it's incredible array of products that you're getting now. Um including you know all kinds of interesting the diamonds and all of that so yeah it's been it's been a fun hundred uh episodes over seven years and and you know we're going to continue to keep bringing you guys more episodes and uh tuesday i have an event called canna gather in new york city uh at a place called galvanize i'm doing like a grow seminar for beginners and a book signing at canna gather so you can check that out at cannagather.com uh, if you want more info on that, that's Tuesday, August 14th. That may or may not be a free weed at this point, right? We're well, trying to figure that out. Right, right. right. We'll see how that goes. We'll but right goes. now, uh, you know, it's a book signing and, and a grow uh, grow seminar for beginners. Uh, but stay, stay tuned to Danny's Twitter. You'll get an update about that at some point. Absolutely. And uh, also, we launched uh, High Times TV. We launched a TV network. Uh in the face of what's going on with YouTube, basically like banning people and demonetizing people uh, and really being pretty 
rude to the cannabis community all because of some overreaction to, uh, you know, some criticisms about like allowing certain type of content on their site. Um, they really lashed out at a lot of the um, cannabis community, uh, including, you know, friends like Custom Grow 420 and Coral Reefer and all these people got uh, got either kicked off of YouTube or demonetized from YouTube. And so uh, we created like, you know, a cannabis friendly YouTube, cannabis friendly Netflix um, that you can check out at tv.hightimes.com. Um, there's tons of videos there, uh, you know, videos of me, videos of Mike. Um, stuff from cannabis cups, um, just all kinds of historical things, uh, uh, and and of course, like a lot of content produced by uh, our friends in the social media space and a lot of the cannabis influencers that are out there. Um, you know that people wa- we were watching on YouTube and that built these huge followings on Instagram and YouTube and all these places, and and then get kicked off. And so um, there's still you know all this pre- persecution and stigma being placed on us for using cannabis and and we really need friendly spaces so we created one yeah no it's it's actually really cool in that uh, you know there's a decent amount of content there right now but that's only going to be growing yeah uh, so that just launched and uh, obviously you know if you want to see that content and you're it's being censored by youtube and other spots head over to tv.hightimes.com because we're not going to censor it so that's right yeah. and yeah, actually you know uh high times free weed does stream on youtube as well uh you don't get any video you just get the audio but it's there on youtube so if you want to search for uh this podcast and you want to watch it on your uh smart tv or something you can do that through youtube as well and just have that I like that you piggybacked a YouTube plug on the back of the High Times TV thing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're we're out there. We're on, we, maybe, we're on Spotify. Maybe we'll be on High Times TV as well. That's right. Do you think? Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, cool. we want to incorporate video uh, elements into the show. Um, so, you know, ideally that would also be on High Times TV as well. So check out tv.hightimes.com uh, for, you know, tons of cannabis-friendly content. Yes, definitely do that. Um, you know what? We we have actually a really great show. We have a really strong cultivation section. We have the strain of the Fortnite. We have questions from you guys, plus a little tribute uh, that we got that we're going to play for you in a little bit. But before we do that, we have a really interesting interview with one of the uh, real OG cannabis um, crusaders and writers for High Times, Ed Rosenthal. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited because Ed Rosenthal is, you know, he's like the... Uh, the OG of marijuana cultivation writing. I mean, he's who who we all got this our start from, and you know, he's uh, he's he he's also combined activism and journalism uh, all all these years as well, and he's done it his way. You know, um, he's he's you know gotten into it over the years with 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 people, and he you know he's he's from that uh, you know feisty. Uh, you know, yippee kind of community that, that you know... Uh, it's like uncompromising. Exactly. Uncompromising yeah. and holds, you know, power, people in power uh, in contempt and, and, and puts their feet to the fire uh, when necessary. Uh, and um, also taught everyone how to grow cannabis, which, you know, it just has innumerable uh, benefits all over the world. And, you know, part of like we always say, you know, part of the activism of cannabis is growing. You know, the growers are activists too, even though, you know, they may not always know that. Uh, every 
gram of weed that you produce is 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 another notch uh you know against prohibition and and many many millions and trillions of grams have been produced because of the work of ed rosenthal um and, and there's a direct line in the magazine like you do dear danko right now your q a column in the magazine but that right. started with ask ed back in the 70s that's right yeah he was there for you know the founding of the magazine he was there for uh uh, the founding of the Cannabis Cup, you know, and and he had the the original uh, grow book with Mel Frank and and many many grow books along the way, uh, the Big Book of Buds. Um, so we get into you know we, we talk to him about his you know career and his legacy, and uh, you know the amazing changes that have happened over all these years because like I said he's an OG of all OGs you know he's 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 was there at at the beginnings of this movement and of the cultivation scene and all of it. Um, Now, so why don't don't we take a little break and then come back and get into it with Ed. All right. All right, you guys, obviously, if you're listening to the show, you want to grow. And if you really want to grow, you should get your, your hands on a BC Northern Lights grow box. You can check them out at bcnorthernlights.com. They are a beloved sponsor of the show. They make incredible grow boxes that are solid, built to last, uh, harvest a lot of weed out of, and you can contact them seven days a week at 888-236-1266. Check them out at bcnorthernlights.com. Be sure to tell them that the Free Weed Podcast sent you and Danny Danko sent you from here. And uh, there's special deals that they're offering for our listeners only. So check them out, bcnorthernlights.com. And thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Welcome back, you guys. And we do have a special treat for you here uh, for our 100th episode. We have uh, the legendary Mr. Ed Rosenthal. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. Um, So, yeah, welcome to the podcast. I think this is your first time on the show. Um, So if if people aren't aware, Ed Rosenthal is the guru of ganja, the original uh, cannabis grow writer who uh, got his start uh, in the Bronx in New York. Is that correct, Ed? I grew up in the Bronx. That's right. Um, and what were some of your your earliest experiences with cannabis? Uh, do you remember your 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 first kind of uh, seminal experiences? Well, I realized that it was going to be an ally of mine for a long time. As soon as I smoked it, and was that and, was uh, that back in New York? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And um, so. Uh, we should mention that you are a writer and an activist. Um, you've written uh, so many grow books. I mean, everyone who basically grows cannabis learned to grow uh, from your grower's handbook. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what made you decide to put out, uh, you know, the original grow book that you wrote? My high school uh, yearbook said that I was going to be a plant scientist and a writer. So. I guess it was that was um, it was foretold early in my life. <laughs> Very interesting. And uh, so you were you were there when uh, 
when they first started up the original High Times magazine in 1974. Is that correct as well? Right. Uh, and so, uh, what was that experience like for you, as far as uh, um, you know, in, in in the early 70s, uh, being part of, of of something like that? Well, High Times was considered a political um, a political idea, and the idea was that there was uh, no information coming out about marijuana that was truthful or positive. And so we felt that there was room for a magazine to help unite people to see that they weren't alone. Because especially in small towns or or different areas, you might feel really isolated as a marijuana user. And so we wanted to make people realize that they were part of a large movement. And we thought a magazine would be a good way to do it. We were all writers and politically active. Yeah, and you we mentioned a uh, group called the Yippies. Yeah, you were a part of the Yippies. Uh, and wh- when did you, when did that start? Was that in the late sixties? That that started in sixty. It was um, it started in sixty seven, but by sixty eight, it influenced the political campaigns of, of the major parties. And uh, and your original writing in the magazine, you you started the Ask Ed column, which is the original sort of grow Q and A, um, where listeners would write in and ask uh, grow questions that you would answer. Um, and you started that right right in uh, you know in the earliest issues of the magazine, correct? No, it was after Tom died. Oh, okay. So that was 1978 no, was... Uh, when he died, and so right. after that is when you started Ask Ed. Yeah, it was a little after that. Okay, and then the first book... March, uh, um, August of 83. Okay, 83. But um, yeah. now the first book, uh, The Grower's Handbook, uh, what year What year did that come out? Well, the first book actually was Marijuana Grower's Guide, which I did with uh, Mel Frank. Oh, right. And that came out in 1973. 73. Well, wow. 74, I guess. And uh, and you were also there for the first cannabis cup in uh, in eighty eight or, or I organized it. You organized it, and that yeah. was uh, that was nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, and it was held in Rotterdam. Interesting, interesting. I don't think a lot of people know that. And that was just a few people in a hotel room, right? It was in a restaurant. In a restaurant. There were seventeen people there. <laughs> wow, very interesting. Um, so, uh, you, you, over the years, you've sold a lot of books, uh, I would imagine, because obviously everyone I know who grows, uh, you know, started off with, uh, with those books, the handbook and the grower's guide and all of that. Um, so now you have some books coming out uh, or that are out now. Um, more recently, you did uh, the Marijuana Harvest book. And yes. uh, and also Beyond Buds, which is more is about concentrates. Well, it's uh, Beyond Buds Next Generation, and there's I already have have a book out about uh, concentrates, but so the field is advancing so quickly that that book uh, is a little stale now. So it was totally updated and revised. New techniques were put in it. 
New Photography. It's really a beautiful book and very informative. So it talks about all forms of concentrates. Right, and uh, and you have the marijuana harvest book as well, which really delves yes. deeply. Uh, and I think this is really important because a lot of people make the mistakes after they've they're finished growing uh, in the harvesting process. And you have a book that really breaks down uh, harvesting, when to harvest, how to harvest, uh, as well as drying and curing and the long-term storage. Uh, and that book just deals with basically just the harvesting process. There's a lot of new techniques that I develop that I developed specifically while writing the book, and uh, people will find those really useful. For instance, I have some harvest techniques for both big and small plants. It cuts the harvest time down by three quarters and cut down labor in all areas of uh, harvest and drying and curing, and also. Um, I go into, uh, you know how people cure in jars? Yeah. That's absolutely the worst thing that you can do. Is that sort of promoting mold and that sort of thing? Mold and bacteria, because as, as the uh, buds lose uh, moisture, moisture goes in the air, and with high moisture you get mold and, mold and uh, bacterial growth. So it really... Very often, it makes good, but bad. Wow, interesting. And so, what's the alternative to uh, to jars? Not jars. Why do they have to be in an enclosed space like that? They could just be in, in the same space where they were dried, and just raise the humidity a little bit. Once, you know, mm -hmm. once they reach a dryness, and then you want to give them a little bit more moisture to just increase some humidity in the space so just slow slowing down the drying process rather than well, uh well, you, stopping you it altogether continue with the drying process as usual but after you dry then you uh would uh increase the humidity a little bit so plants so the buds get a little humidity back inside wow okay very interesting and people can so learn it, more it about that a lot of labor you know all those people if they have 50 pounds and they're opening and closing the jars and did I do that row, didn't I do that row, it really doesn't matter. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Interesting. And people can find out more in your Marijuana Harvest book? Yeah, yeah it covers it 100% complete. Uh, another one of your books that has been very uh, useful to a lot of people is the uh, Pest and Disease Control book um, where you really go into... Um, you know, a lot of how to identify infestations and certain bugs and situations and then how to deal with them uh, properly. Um, what, was, what was the inspiration to putting together like that pest and disease control book? Well, uh, Marijuana Garden Saver is really a field guide to problems in, with marijuana plants. And so uh, the uh, problems are pictured, and then that's actually the table of contents. So you you see the picture of the problem that you have, and then you can turn to find out what it is and how to deal with it. So I think it's pretty handy for uh, the average gardener. People use it in their in their uh, vegetable gardens as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that is a very useful. 
yeah. book because that's something everyone's going to get uh, pests and diseases and, and really how you deal with and, them determines whether you're going to have a successful we, and we use only IPM uh, that's uh, integrated pest management which for instance one aspect of it is don't use um, a pest control agent whose contents you can't pronounce. <laughs> Interesting. And speaking of that, you also have the zero tolerance uh, yes. herbal pesticide. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, actually, the, that pesticide has been in development for a hundred million years, and the reason I say that is that it, it's uh, made from plant oils: cinnamon, clove, rosemary, and thyme oil. And plants have been in uh, chemical warfare with insects for tens of millions of years. So they've developed all these uh, 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 different terpenes that uh, either repel insects or kill them. And so well, what I did was took the plant's knowledge and packaged it. You also uh, wrote the Big Book of Buds series, uh, four volumes and a yes. best of. Um, can yes. you talk a little bit about the Big Book of Buds uh, and, and, and how you put all that together? Well, we, we worked closely with uh, different companies who were actually uh, producing the different seeds and the different varieties. And we worked closely with them to give people a good idea of the broad expanse of marijuana varieties and the many varieties that are available. Some some of the varieties were among the most popular and others were a little more obscure, but we felt that uh, they should be in the book because people should know about them. And of course there are thousands of varieties now, but at the time that these books were done, there were fewer companies and uh, these turned out in many cases to be the progenitor varieties for today's present for for the ones that are available now. Wow, interesting. Um, so we're excited, to, at High Times, we're excited to announce that uh, we your, your work has returned to our pages in our September uh, 2018 issue. Uh, we have an excerpt of your uh, Beyond Buds book about concentrates. Um, the newly revised version, and uh, we're going to have also in our December issue, we're going to have an excerpt from the the harvesting book as well. So we're excited about yes. that. The next generation of uh, of you know concentrates as well as the harvesting, because I think again these are two things that are very important um, for the future of cannabis. Um, so yeah, is it, would, how do you feel about sort of being back in the magazine? Well. Uh, well, I think that the magazine um, has a change of uh, um, attitude, and with that, I'm happy to be. Ba I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back in the magazine that I helped to found. Yeah, well, that's exciting. And um, again, I think one of the important things about your work is that you've always mixed the cultivation with the political, uh, meaning that, you know, growing is political. Whenever you're, you're we're, we're overgrowing the government. And I think that's something you've always put forward. In fact, you actually paid the price for it um, with, a, with a case that uh, came down on you 
years ago. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you know you sort of beat that case and 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 you know what went down as far as because uh, you were you were licensed by the city of Oakland to grow and then the feds came after you and you weren't even allowed to mention that that you were legally growing right yes and um, the jury only found out about it after the trial and as soon as they found out about it they repudiated their verdict and that was the first time that I know of in American history that a jury has repudiated the verdict yeah so yeah it's um, interesting and uh, and ultimately, uh, you ended up getting like that, one day. That, I'm sorry. I said ultimately, you ended up getting like uh, one day and time served, or something like that. One day time served, and I had done 36 hours, so they still owe me 12 hours. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, uh, basically, the reason why it, it wasn't any great understanding by the judge or anything like that. The reason why I got. Twelve got my uh, lenient sentence was that the judge who lives in the Bay Area was losing his friends and his social contacts, and he wasn't. He was a socialite, and he wasn't being invited to parties because they realized people realized what slime he was, and still is. So through all of that, uh, you know, through all your career and everything, you know, we always say behind every great man there's a great woman. And uh, you have your your partner and wife uh, Jane uh, at your side through all of this, and and you know how's that been as far as like you know through all the ups and downs of, of your cannabis career? Well, you you know um, we did not marry when we were kids. We were both you know um, adults, well into our adulthood, and you know when you marry somebody. Um, at that age, what you see is what you get. You, mm-hmm. You're not going to change the person, and either you're going to be compatible or not be compatible. And we are two very compatible people. <laughs> so everybody, both of us, went into the marriage with eyes wide open, and um, and um, we both have a commitment, and we both have a commitment. To social change, and so it was uh, like we re- both realized that sometimes we'd have to make sacrifices, but that was part of our lifestyle. What's the biggest mistake that you see growers making these days? Uh... Taking on more that they can handle. So, like scaling that, that's too the big. Very biggest, you know. Whatever you do, it's better to have a smaller operation and have it uh, going right and have it under control and something that can be handled then have a, and then have a, a larger project which is only which you can't do well because it's too large or you don't you don't have the resources or the time or whatever interesting um, now what do you think about the legalization movement and sort of where we've gotten to these days. You've been here um, since the beginning of all of that, and so it'd be interesting to hear your take on that. Well, um, first of all, it's really good that people can use marijuana without fear of arrest and that there's a, 
that there's a wider use of it because of increased availability from legalization. Um, and most of the most of the uh, activists who were involved in it are a bit disappointed because it's been become such a capitalist kind of thing. But um, people who, who expected that it would that it would uh, uh, have a different economic form than the rest of the economy, that it would be a sharing economy rather than a capitalist economy. Um, well, um, they were unrealistic to believe that it wouldn't uh, that it wouldn't be uh, when it became legal that it wouldn't be a commodity just like sugar or Tabasco sauce or something. <laughs> so, um, so this is more or less what I expected. I didn't expect the uh, I didn't expect it to. Uh, uh, become so con- the ownership to become become the concentration of ownership to become uh, to happen so rapidly where you have these billion dollar companies in short order now but the thing that makes marijuana different than other substances than most other substances and more like tomatoes is this that with most um, with most fruits and vegetables, whether you're talking about pineapples or asparagus or whatever, that, that, um, you know, uh, there are a relatively few constant, a few relatively few companies that actually produce produce it. So it's more like um, there are a bunch of farmers, and then it goes through. Uh, uh, through t- distribution, which there are very few distributors, and then it goes to the retailers who who sell it, whether you're talking about pineapples or cigarettes or TVs or whatever. So, um, but with cannabis, it's a little different because there's a network, and rather than being a, a spoke and wheel, a hub and spokes, it's a network. And a network has a different distribution angle from it. And even in Colorado, the majority of marijuana used in Colorado is not does not go through a regulated store. It's either grown and consumed or neighbor to neighbor or um, non-registered dealers. But it's a network. So... Unlike heroin or uh, oxycodone, you know, if the government wanted to stop oxycodone or any of those drugs, all they have to do is regulate those manufacturers and watch where those manufacturers are sending sending them. But with cannabis, because it's a network, it can't be stopped. And that's why during Prohibition, cannabis was always available. Even if there was some big bust, the network would take care of it. It would regrow new new uh uh new uh, uh new paths of distribution so i think that no matter how the government tries to control marijuana it will always be a free a free substance because of the number of people who uh like growing it 
And remember the first thing that I, the first first piece of information that I give in the book, Marijuana Growers Handbook. It's a warning, and the warning says, warning, using marijuana may not be addictive, but growing it is. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) So, so, um, so I like the fact that even with all of this economic stuff going on and people getting rich and super rich off it, the more important factor is that more people are exposed to marijuana and can use it freely without being busted. That's the most important piece. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I try to explain to people who've grown up under, you know, sort of quasi-legalization that, you know, that the most important thing is just keeping people out of prison and, and, and keeping people's families together and all of that. And, you know, the, then then we can deal with all the other minutia as far as who's going to get rich and, and all of that. And as long as people can grow their own, I think they have the means of production in their own hands. It's important. And, I, and with cannabis, I think, it's, you know, it's it's more important than ever because you can create something that's a way higher quality product when you produce it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And where, where do you see the future uh, going as far as, you know, five or ten years from now, what do you think is going to be, uh, you know, where the cannabis community or the industry will be headed? I think a lot of people are going to brew THC. Brew it meaning like into beer or... or uh, what I mean is like um, using yeast where the um, the genes for THC will be put, they already have them, but will be placed in uh, um, in yeast. And so pe- people will be able to, to uh, uh, you know, brew a beer that has THC in it, and then they could always take the THC out of it. And that, I think that's going to be the future. Hmm. Interesting. Because in a few days, you can produce an incre- using sugar as a, as a base, you know, the food for the yeast. You start with sugar and you come out with THC. Wow. And it only takes three or four days. And it doesn't take lights. And it doesn't take fertilizer or the art of, uh, of cultivation. But <laughs> it's more like brewing beer. Wow. That's interesting. That sounds like uh, maybe another uh, your next book <laughs> might, might might be covering that kind of stuff. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Over the years, I'm sure you've had the opportunity to smoke uh, with a lot of pretty famous people. I've definitely seen uh, you know pictures of you with uh, Snoop Dogg and Tommy Chong and a lot of uh, you know the the icons of of uh, cannabis. The big three. Yeah. Uh, Chong, Snoop, and Willie. Wow, and you've smoked with them all, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Just a couple more questions. Do you, do you dab, and what's your take kind of on where concentrates are going these days? Yeah, I do, and uh, my take on it is that, um, you know, pe- perhaps people, uh, in, in a sense, perhaps people want uh, less ritual and uh, a cleaner uh, a cleaner high, and certainly using uh, a purified concentrate is much cleaner than using uh, than bringing in like inhaling all this vegetative uh, 
uh, all the smoke from burning vegetation. And, you know, before Prohibition, smoking was not the main method of, uh, of getting high. There were all these tinctures, and there were some pills and foods. So we're getting back to a, a, a pre-Prohibition culture. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, on behalf of uh, all cannabis consumers and growers, uh, I definitely want to thank you um, for your writing and for your activism. We wouldn't be anywhere near where we are today without it. And uh, also welcome you back into the pages of High Times. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Ed. Thanks for honoring us and being part of this 100th uh, episode. Okay, thank you. Pleasure to be with you once again. All right, so welcome back to the show, and uh, thank you to Ed Rosenthal for taking some time out of his busy day and, and coming on the show. Yeah, it's always interesting. One of the things that I like about Ed, honestly, is that you, you never know what you're going to get uh, <laughs> when, you, when you talk to him. He's yeah. a very insightful guy. You know, he's obviously, you know, you got to respect the time that he's put in and the passion he has for this uh, industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was that was cool to sit down with them. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is our cultivation section, so uh, um, it is, and it's been a fortnight. Okay, so you know what that means. I think that means it's time for the strain of the fortnight. I, that's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the strain of the fortnight this fortnight <laughs> is Chem Scout uh, from IC Collective, uh, and this is a original chem approved uh you know chem family strain um so it's part of the chem dog family and remember that's chem dog d-o-g not d-a-w-g uh very important and you still see that d-a-w-g everywhere um where the d-a-w-g is legit is uh in the uh you know jjmyc uh, so right. that, but that's part of the problem is that it well, is legit in some places and some right places. It's but like, he it's changes the to... names of the strains um that he adds that to and that's to you know pay tribute but right. also to differentiate, differentiate. Mm-hmm. um but again like i said this is ic collective you could check them out at ic i c the letters i and then the letter c and then collective.net um and uh, it first kind of came on our radar, like obviously we love the chem strains, but this one uh, won first place in 2014 at the Cannabis Cup in San Francisco uh, in the indica category. And it is indica dominant, uh, even though it's really like a very kind of balanced hybrid. It's interesting because even though it's indica dominant and it has like that eight week or so flowering time, it's uh, it's still like really euphoric. It's great for insomnia. Um, and uh, great for body pain. So it's a little bit of everything. It's got the head, you know, the head feeling, but it's also got the body feeling. And uh, it's a cross between Thin Mint Cookies uh, and Chem 91. So the Chem 91, um, you know, that original 91 Chem is the mother, and the Thin Mint Cookies, which is a Girl Scout Cookies uh, hybrid, is the father. Um, So... You know, it's really, it's a great strain. Uh, It's an award winner, obviously. But when you look at it, you can see it's just covered in crystals. Uh, Definitely testing in the 25 to 30% THC range. Um, So it's really strong. And it's got that, like, chem, like the earthy side of the chem. So it's really kind of like, 
you know, spicy, earthy undertones um, with a little bit of that kind of, you know, piney, minty thing going on, but really more earthy and almost uh, like, you know, kelpie and, 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 and that sort of thing. Very, very interesting smell. And then when you smoke it, it just, you know, hits really quickly very euphoric uh very strong feeling very strong tasting um and a great strain to grow uh not a huge yielder but uh you know short flowering time decent yielder and super duper frosty and makes incredible concentrates too um so the flavor really comes through uh, uh particularly if you're doing like uh dry sift or rosin or anything like that because like i said it's really um you know, heavy trichome production, lots of essential oil. Um, so when you strip that off of there, it still still maintains the flavor and uh, and smell. You know, the scent profile as well. All right, Chem sounds Scout. good. And you can get that Chem Scout at IC Collective. They yeah. would have the uh, iccollective.net um, has you know genetics. info on their on their genetics and where where they're available too. Because you'll find like th- that's like you'll find stuff like that at like Harbor Side on like the top shelf. You know, like that's, you know, 60 bucks an eighth, <laughs> you know, or at least it used to be. Uh, I'm not sure. Like I got to check out the prices these days. But, uh, you know, it's top shelf stuff when it's grown properly. And um, again, you know, cup winner, indica category, Northern California, which is pretty tough contest. So love that Chem Scout and uh, shout outs to Chem and, and all the IC Collective uh, fam. Indeed. And remind me. Back in the day, were we trying to do the uh, strain of the week every week, and then eventually we changed it to Fortnite? <laughs> Is that what happened? I guess because I feel I, like we had, we were trying to do that every show, and yeah. then we just said, "Well, you know, that's that's absurd." I feel like we brought the word Fortnite back though. Because I know now I want that Fortnite sponsorship. I, <laughs> I know we never got any kind of sponsor. money. Hey, if you're listening, Fortnite right. people, I this know. is perfect. Sponsor the the strain of the Fortnite. <laughs> And then Absolutely. we could like incorporate it in the game, right? Like right. people can have like you know smoking. They could smoke those strains during sessions for that Fortnite of Fortnite. I, there's you know, definitely there's a collaboration there. there. Yeah, <laughs> call us. Yes, we'll be waiting. <laughs> we'll give out the number at the end of the show for you guys. So yeah. leave us a message leave if we're not. Mess- <laughs> we'll get back to you. Um, yeah. So thank you for that strain of the Fortnite. Yes. And um, do you have a cultivation tip for this 100th episode? I do. I do. And this one is going to be pretty simple. It's really just about the necessities, the things you need if you're going to grow. Like, and this is I'm talking about you know, on a personal level, uh, a small uh, whether it be like a closet, uh, a grow tent, or a grow box from perhaps even BC Northern Lights, our sponsor. Um, no matter what it is, although, you know, those boxes obviously come with a lot of this stuff included, but these are the things that you're going to need um, if you're starting from scratch, okay? Like, you need a grow light. Right? That's obvious. You're growing indoors. You need a grow light. Um, you don't want to use any kind of cheap lighting system that's not for growing. Like, get a grow light, whether it be an HID, high pressure sodium uh, metal halide, ceramic metal halide, um, an LED or a fluorescent light, something uh, specifically for growing, you know, get that. Uh, hang it up, make sure it's hung properly and isn't going to fall on your plants at some point because that's a tragedy and can be di- a, a big disaster, not just losing your plants, but losing your home. So um, hang the light up properly. 
uh, it's always best to have it to be able to go up and down as well. So, you know, there's night, there's lots of different uh, hook systems you can get that go up and down almost like blinds go up and down. And that's that's easier than having to adjust all the time. Um, you know, you're going to need fans. You're going to need a, you know, uh, intake fan and outtake fan and uh, circulation fans in your room. Um, the fan that's coming intake, the intake fan needs obviously, you know, a filter on the outside that's going to keep you from sucking in bad insects or, or things like that. Um, the outtake fan should be going also through a filter and through charcoal filtration as well, activated charcoal filter. Um, this is really important. This keeps the smell, uh, you know, main, you know, basically maintained inside rather than blowing that smell outside with a fan without any kind of filtration, uh, which is always a bad idea. Uh, you need uh, things to monitor your environment. Uh, if you're growing hydroponically, obviously, you know, there's like meters that you use inside your reservoir. But let's just assume that uh, you're a beginner and you're growing in soil. You still need to be able to measure the pH of your soil and the nutrient solution that you're going to add to that soil. Um, you want to be able to measure the parts per million of that as well. So you need those type of that type of equipment, whether it be uh, the dipsticks. You know, those are cheap ways to do this. Basically, the same type of ways you would do in an uh, aquarium for fish. You know, you, you dip the the strip and make sure it's the right color. Uh, I recommend you know investing a little a little more into at least like the dripper the dripper or even the meter. Um, but you definitely want to be able to know whether your pH and your parts per million are in the proper parameters. Uh, again, for the air, you need a thermostat and a humidistat. Uh, the best kind are digital. They give you the readings, the highs and lows. They give you readings when you're not in the room uh, and any kind of problems. They'll you know beep. Uh, even better is if they're connected to some kind of a app on your phone or whatever that you can control. Uh, different ways and and then you're going to need ways to manipulate the air this really depends on uh, where you live but you know uh, dehumidifier humidifier heater air conditioning you want your environment in control so you need the things that control that environment at all times Um, those are basically you know most of the necessities Um, other than that you know there's all kinds of other things that can can come up, obviously, in a grow. Uh, but those are the things you just absolutely have to have, absolute necessities um, that you don't want to skimp on. Everything else, you know, um, there's all kinds of other things that you will need, but these are things you absolutely must have. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right, so thank you for that tip. And uh, what do you say for the 100th time? Uh, we dive into some questions from listeners of Free Weed. Let's do it. Okay. Before we we start reading these questions, I think we should just play this submission from um, from listener Chad. Yeah. All right. Let's hear it. Let's see it. Hola, it's your boy Chad Westport. Sdnem Rosinia. Congratulations, Danny and Mike, on reaching 100 episodes. Took you seven years, but hey, you still made it. 100 episodes of Freeing the Weed. Your velvety voices have brought us the basics of getting our grow on. 
Lighting, mediums, nutrients, temperatures, pH, photo periods, flushing, covered. You too should really have capes on for what you do over the airwaves. Hip hip to another hundred episodes, boys. It's Chad Westport, signing out. Wow. <laughs> that that is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Chad. Uh that's amazing. That's like an ad for our show from yeah. Chad right there. Our velvety voices. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think your voice is velvety. Oh, I don't, I don't know about I don't know. That. Is my voice velvety? Uh, no, I, I don't think either of I think he's uh, being too kind. Who is the velvet fog? Mel Torme. Mel Torme. Yeah. I think we're, you're we're more not. Mel than I am, I think, at this or maybe we're both. Are we velvety? I'll be Mel and you be Torme. I think. <laughs> well, but thank you, Chad. That's amazing. Um, you, I think, just skyrocketed to to number one fan status there. That <laughs> yeah. was very impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I really like. That's that's very impressive, and uh, I'm flattered. And I really appreciate that. That's pretty rad. Was that the Police Academy theme playing behind it? Is that <laughs> what that sure. was? I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, that was, that was fun. Mahoney. That was really fun. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So yeah. not so much a question, but a tribute, I guess, to um, <laughs> to this show. To our 100th show. And someone that's taking – he also – he phoned that one. He <clears throat> left that on the machine as well. Yes. And Which, if you would like to, to also call us and leave a message on the machine, that phone number is 212-387-0500 and then extension 706. So if you have anything you want to tell us, uh, any questions, any comments, you can leave them there and we'll play them on the show you know, unless we don't want to so do that. Um, so, okay, well, why don't we do some grow questions? Then? Let's do it. Thank you, Chad. Um, first question is from Newfie Grower. Uh, hey, Mr. Danko and Mr. G. Uh, first off, I love the show. I listen to it all the time in the car and when I'm at the grow spot. Uh, so my setup right now, I have one room and I'm building another five by six next to it to use as a flowering room. And one to use as a veg room, so I could always have plants in veg and flower, and I don't run out of medicine. My question is, how long can I keep a plant under 24-hour light to give it a boost the first uh, while until oh my goodness, to give it a boost the first while until it will start causing a hermaphrodite plant? Okay, you follow that? I do. Okay, and uh, yeah, shout out to everyone who's listening to us at the grow spot. If you're, like, in your grow spot, that's pretty rad if you're just, like, wearing headphones. This is a good show to trim to, I think. That's true. I hear that a lot, that people like to listen to the show while they're trimming. Um, there's people who listen, you know, in uh, while, while they're in their grow, which I think is amazing. Absolutely. So if you are doing that, shout out to you. Indeed. And so for, so for this question, uh, he's saying to boost um, his vegging plants by putting them under 24 hours of, of light. I I don't like the 24 hours of light thing, although Ed Rosenthal, who we did have on the show, uh, is a proponent of the 24 hours. I like I like to give the plant at least two, even maybe four hours of darkness, even during the vegging stage, just uh, in order to kind of recover from taking in the light. And also that's the time when the plant's actually using the energy that it takes in through the light and the, you know, food and water and all that. Uh, it's basically turning that stored light into energy, um, but it's doing that at, when the lights are off. And so uh, I don't, I'm not a big proponent of the 24-hour light on thing. I would do – you know, if you're really trying to give them a boost, do 20 I, – I would say 20 hours on 
uh, four hours off. Um, you could do 22 hours on, two hours off, um, or you could do 18 and six, depending on you know how much light you want to use. But um, then when you switch to flowering, you go to 12-12. But for the time being, I would say, you know, since since you really like sound like you you want to use as much light as possible, but uh, I don't recommend the 24. I would say go 20 and 4, 20 on, 4 off during your veg time, and then cut to 12-12 uh, for flower. All right. Thank you, Newfie Grower. Let's move on to Drew, who writes, uh, I love the show, and I'm listening my way up from episode 1. So essentially, I'm listening from the future. The future is weird. The president is the worst reality TV star, and his AG is a racist Keebler elf who hates weed more than Harry Anslinger. It's dark. But on the bright side, the rest of the country isn't paying attention to him about legalization. I'm near Dallas, Texas. By the time I get to episode 100, it should be legal for me to grow outdoors. <laughs> um, I wanted to know what strains can take the heat. We do have two months in summer every year that it's hard to keep vegetable plants alive through the drought and heat. Except for that, our growing season goes from late March to October. So uh, so what do you think? What strains would you recommend to Drew? Wow. Um well, thank you for for you know listening to the show from from the beginning. You're in for uh, some interesting it's a fun, wild ride. <laughs> wild, you're in for a <laughs> wild ride, uh, but yeah, I hope you enjoy and you know let us know what some of your favorite parts are too. That would be awesome. Uh, as far as uh, you know, strains that are uh, better able to withstand drought, um, you know, sativa dominant strains, uh, strains with the thinner leaves are are you know more acclimated to hot regions, more equatorial and more, you know, uh, basically, you know, closer to the equator, basically equatorial and also, you know, not high altitude strains. And those uh, can definitely withstand heat. Another thing you can do, though, uh, is, you know, instead of just having full sun blasting on your plants in the middle of, you know, the, the hottest times of summer, um, you can put some type of, type of scrim that allows light through, um, but, you know, filters some of it out, um, you know, like greenhouse film and that sort of stuff, um, which sort of diffuses the light and, and um, still lets light through, um, but basically isn't just isn't full sun uh, undiffused, which can damage plants. And especially these days with climate change. Uh, I've been noticing that plants have just been like bleaching out when it, you know over long periods of, of heat and drought, uh, and not just cannabis plants, but all kinds of plants uh, are getting actually burned by the sun, which did not used to happen when I was younger. So uh, this is definitely a thing. Um, so you know, sativa dominant strains are probably more likely to withstand high heat over long periods of time, just because they come from hotter areas uh, and regions where they just have to withstand that that type of temperature um good luck though <laughs> growing outdoors legally in texas i hope that you're right <laughs> uh and you know hopefully you'll you'll get to episode 100 and that you know that'll be the truth and i know they're growing hemp in in texas and yeah he, he should be fine as long as he listens very slowly <laughs> that's true but thank you drew and um, thank you and it's interesting what you said about the future because uh yeah it is pretty crazy uh these times that we're living in we didn't see it coming back when we recorded those episodes that's true we started in 2011 it was a different time it was yes we were all <laughs> innocent um let's move on to mark it's another strain question mark writes 
I live in Oklahoma, and I recently discovered free weed. I love it. I'm currently binge listening to uh, free weed episodes backwards. So he's taking the opposite approach that, uh, to Drew. Uh, my question is, how would you utilize your six-plant count? So which strains? I know strawberry cough would be one for sure. What do you wow. think? This what, is kind of like a top five right. question, but it's a top six question, which I like. Uh, yeah, strawberry cough is one of them. I think I would definitely want to get a super snow dog in there. I think I would definitely want to get a Chem 91. Uh, that's three. Uh, I got to get, uh, you know, the the Miami Haze, the Piff, the, the Pudet, that, you know, if, if I could find that cut, that's yeah. going in there as <laughs> uh, as number four. Uh, let's see. Kind of want to do some kind of a throwback uh, throwback strain, but not too far back. Maybe like a Sensi Star or White Widow would be would be interesting. So that's five. I guess I'll I'll, I'll take the Sensi Star over the White Widow because I grew I grew more Sensi Star than White Widow back in the day. Uh, and wow, I got one more. Hmm. I guess I would have to say the Nigerian, uh, the Nigerian. Silk. I was going to suggest some sort of sativa, maybe yeah. a Jack, but you're yeah. Going well, with I got the the, 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 the strawberry cough is, yeah, is on the sativa true. side. I yeah. got the, that that Miami haze is on the sativa right, side, and then right. and then that Nigerian, Nigerian. something like an African uh, heart African haze, yeah. and then maybe if I could even if I could have one more sativa, I think I'd go with that love potion number number one, the uh, the old reefer man strain there that was like. Similar to the Cali Mist, and and had those that pink lemonade, you know, terp profile that I love. It's uh, a good list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Mark. Um, why don't you write us back and let us know what you would go with for those six? And um, also, other people send me your top six yeah. in, in Twitter and uh, put hashtag Freeweed Podcast and put your top six strains that you would grow if you have six legal plants, uh, and they could be any strains. Um, you know, six of them. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Um, Mark also is wondering if uh, if if we can send him stickers. Do we still do that? You know what? I got to redo the stickers because okay. uh, yeah, they have. Stay yeah. tuned, Mark. We'll 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 work on that. He also has an excellent do- address. I'm not going to read it, but uh, it's very <laughs> it's very pot friendly. So speaking, yeah, speaking of the stickers, like this, the old stickers had uh, what is that? A QR code on it. Do people still mm-hmm. do QR codes? I don't. Do people still do that? I don't think people do that. I feel like that that kind of uh, fell it, out of favor. Yeah, it uh, was it was like a bait and it switch. It was all too, the rage for six months in sticker, like 2012. The sticker said free weed, and then it had a QR code, so oh, it was kind of like a bait and switch would, where yeah, yeah. people would think like, "Oh, free weed," and mm-hmm. then they click on it and they get us. Yeah, and they're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, you're I gonna have to this. grow that weed. You know, these weirdos. <laughs> all right, uh, so thank you, Mark. Let's move on to uh, high four days. Hey, Danny and Mike, I have a question regarding an observation on a recent grow. Um, I was checking surface temp at various places on my plants using an IR thermometer. I found one of the buds was about 8 to 10 degrees hotter than the rest. I noticed that the shorter leaves around the bud were just starting to twist and deform. So I opened the bud and I found mold. My question is this. Have you heard of using surface temp as a way of detecting mold? It's possible that the higher surface temp on my moldy bud was just a coincidence. So, uh, so what do you think? Is this a, is there a correlation here? You know what? There definitely is, and it's the first time I've really heard of it. But it makes perfect sense to me now that I've heard it because when you know things compost, they heat up. I mean, that's the whole that's the way that composting works. Is is as something rots, 
it, it heats, it gets warm. And, and, and so if you have that, uh, the, the right combination of nitrogen and carbon in your compost pile, uh, it heats up to the level where, I mean, it actually gets warm, like hot, you know, like steam and heat, like smoke comes off of the compost pile when it's really cooking. Uh, it can really get, get hot. And, and uh, so it makes perfect sense that if a bud was, was, was rotting from, from the inside, that it would be warmer than uh, the other buds around it that weren't weren't heating up like that. So if it's composting or rotting or molding or whatever that you know the chemical process is that's happening there, and it's it's hotter by eight or ten degrees, uh, and that makes perfect sense. And uh, you know the only issue is once you discover that you know you got to get rid of whatever you know is covered with mold. And it's not really preventative, but it, but it will help you find that. It'll that help problem you to spot. discover it mm-hmm. and identify it, and maybe even identify it sooner than you can really necessarily see it. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, and I think uh, again, it makes perfect sense. But I've never really uh, never really heard of people using you know infrared or heat detection to to discover you know bud rot or mold. But it, it does make sense. So interesting, and I don't think it was a coincidence. I think you know. I think that bud heated up because it was rotting and composting from the inside out. All right. Hi for days. You're on to something. Thank you for, for bringing that to our attention. We appreciate the email. We have time for uh, for one more here. Why don't we go to Hector? Hector actually has three really good questions. We're going to do one, and then we'll hold the other two for, uh, for another show. But uh, Hector would like to know... Um, uh, hey, guys. I'm glad you're back. Um, I was a huge fan back when this got started didn't hear all the episodes, but I'm working on that now. I would like to know more details on symptoms of overwatering. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, well, symptoms of overwatering uh, is basically like a drooping plant, which can sometimes look like underwatering, although the the difference is, you know, with underwatering, um, the plant looks parched. It looks dry. With overwatering, it's drooping, but it's, it's, it's still seems like there's moisture in it it's got like um like a wet droop to it so um that's definitely a symptom of overwatering the 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 best thing if you're growing in in you know a soil medium is to lift the bucket and that's how you know if if it stays heavy for a long period of time and your plant is drooping you're overwatering because clearly uh it's not an issue of underwatering because the, the, the container itself isn't, you know, super light. Uh, and you know, sometimes it, you know, the surface, the top surface could be dry, but you, there could still be a lot of water contained, um, beneath that top, you know, two, three inch layer of soil. Uh, and a lot of times when that just sits there for four, four or five days and not getting, sucked up by the roots especially in an anaerobic uh, environment where oxygen isn't able to get to those roots but the water is those roots will rot because they're basically just sitting in that water and as those roots start to rot um, the plant will start to die from the top down Um, and the first signs will be that droop that you're talking about uh, that happens you know as the plant starts you know, succumbing to overwatering because the first sign, you know, the first signs are basically the droop, but very quickly, you know, as the roots are rotting, the plant will start to die. Um, and you really need to just stop watering it, uh, you know, dry the medium out as quickly as possible and go back to a wet, dry, uh, 
cycle for those roots. All right. Sounds good. Uh, thank you very much, Hector. We appreciate that. We appreciate all of our questions. Um, also, Chad, thank you for that shout out. If you have a question that you'd like Dan to answer on a future free weed, you could reach us um, by email. That's freeweed at hightimes.com. We're also on Twitter. He is at Danny Danko. I am at Mike G underscore HT. And of course, we have that phone line we mentioned earlier. That number is 212-387-0500, extension 706. We're going to take a little break, but then we come back. Uh, we should wrap it up with Raw. Let's do it. Right. Welcome to The Wrap, where we wrap it up with Raw. Thank you, of course, to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Thank you to Ed Rosenthal, the guru <laughs> of ganja. The guru of ganja. Thank you to you guys, the uh, the listeners that uh, made it possible for us to get to 100 episodes. Um, thank you to BC Northern Lights and everyone who sponsored us over the years, but particularly BC Northern Lights because they've been with us uh pretty much from the beginning and pretty much throughout all this time and, and uh you know want to thank them and, and aurora they're powered by aurora now so so i digress but we are wrapping up the show with raw thank you uh to you guys thank you to my co-host mike g we made it a hundred episodes Isn't that i know cool? it feels like um this should be a bigger deal like we should be getting <laughs> gold washes and, and like setting out into the sunset well maybe we'll do that with the 200th episode oh, okay uh, which will just be 200 weeks from now. In theory, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, like I said, thank you uh, mostly, most of all to you guys because uh, you're listening, you're downloading, um, you're supporting us. We love it uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, YouTube, and Patreon, and all the different places. Uh, we see you. We really appreciate the interaction that we have with you guys. Uh, we're going to do tons of giveaways coming up, so we've got uh, all kinds of interesting stuff to give away. Uh, we appreciate the support. Spread the word of the show and uh, free the weed. Should that should we call it a wrap on our 100th episode? Let's call it a wrap. All right, well, let's put it in the books. 